Hello and welcome to the Overlay Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring Steven Universe, Star Wars, The Force of Evil, Samurai Jack, and Mike Tyson Mysteries, among others. I'm Justin Cummings, and today I'm joined by Andy Potter. Hey! Today, for some reason, Andy and I will be discussing the 2005 film Robots. Um, you may have heard of this movie in passing... Uh, if you saw this, you will be wondering why we're doing this. This all started as a secret ploy to talk about Mel Brooks, and then it snowballed into something bigger than either of us could have ever predicted. Or smaller, whichever way you want to look One at of the it. Two. Sure. it. It started as a secret ploy for us to somehow talk about Mel Brooks on this podcast, so we looked up all of Mel Brooks' roles to find some animated role, and we found this movie, and then we dug deeper. And, and then the, we found that Roger Ebert loved this movie. Like, he gave it 3.5 out of 4. And so now, then I had to see what was going on. And the sheer... Oh, let's just... Before we dive into this movie... Okay, well, first off, you can find all of our podcast information at OverlyAnimated.com or by searching Overly Animated on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Now, the cast of this movie... I'm just going to read off a big chunk of this cast. Starting at the top of the list... We have Ewan McGregor, Halle Berry, Robin Williams, Mel Brooks, I'm going to butcher his name, but Greg Kinnear, uh, Jim Broadbent, Amanda Bynes, Drew Carey, and then getting into, like, um, special appearances, we have Jay Leno, Paula Abdul, Randy Jackson, Al Roker, James Earl Jones. <sighs> what? I don't understand. I don't understand how they got all these people on board. And those are just the big name actors. There's more actors beyond that. That are also in this movie, but those are the ones you can just name off the top yeah. of your head. Like, oh, I know that person. But I mean, there's a ton of other people in this movie who have also been, I, I'm sure are pretty big in voice acting. Cause this was back be- this was kind of at the edge of when big name actors started to do voice acting in animated movies. You know what I mean? Okay. I'll, I'll give credit. Jennifer Coolidge is in this too. She's relatively well known. I'll, I'll put is her in the. What, what has she done? What has she done? Um, she was in Legally Blonde. She's in oh, Two Broke okay. Girls. She's okay. in uh, Cinderella Story. She's been in some stuff. She's she's okay. done things. Okay. Well, <laughs> should we should we talk about this movie now? Uh, oh, fun fact: she's gonna be in uh she's gonna be in the Emoji Movie. Oh God! Are is this podcast covering that movie? Um, not sober. All right, it, that, that. <laughs> that's my only answer for now. Is we're not going to do a sober review of it. That I will not be involved because I do not get drunk. Just I mean, not. I don't get drunk either. But me sober is most people drunk. So, well, yeah, there's that too. I, and I'm saying you, not me. I'm always sober. You, you on the other hand, you're always a little out there. <laughs> Dylan has questioned my sobriety on the podcast before. Really? Oh man. Yeah. And it, 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 I, it was, I'm just a very excitable person. I, well, so am I, Justin. I think last podcast proves that. I go back and like listen to a couple of clips from a podcast to make sure I sounded whatever. I was talking a mile a minute the last podcast we did together. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know when this is going up, but the, the podcast Andy's referring to is our last Mike Tyson Mysteries podcast, or the synopsis of the podcast is literally... Justin and Andy discuss love letters, all about that bass, and somehow a whole bunch of deep themes. <sighs> I mean, it's very it, true. It is true, and it's an hour and what, 20 minutes? It's like an hour, 10 minutes of 
just every deep philosophical conversation. So let's talk about this movie. Yeah. Um, this movie All was right. made by, uh, it's produced by Blue Sky Studios, so Ice Age and Rio people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I kind of forgot about this movie. Uh, yeah, I did too. I saw it when it came out. I owned it on DVD. Like, I went up because I gave I all my, I gave a lot of my older movies to my little brother, so I had to run up to his DVD shelf to grab it to watch, but, mm. like, I have, I had this movie. Like, I've had this sitting here for 12 years. And I've just, seen this movie at some point as well. And the thing is, there's, there's a plot. It's honestly not as action packed as I thought it would be. Yeah, there's, I, I also remember this movie being action packed when I saw it the first time as a kid. I don't know. I expected an action packed robot movie, instead I got a tale of poverty. And, and a tale of poverty wrapped up in a very strange comedy. So, to get into this, this is a movie about robots, obviously. And our, our hero, played by Ewan McGregor, is young Rodney Copperbottom. A, uh, he's an mm-hmm. inventor. He grow up. He grows up, and he loves this robot named Big Weld. He's this big creator. He's an inventor. Everyone looks up to Big Weld. And, and by one, big, you literally mean his size is enormous. He is a very large, round robot played by Mel, uh, Mel Brooks. And Who's actually not that funny in this movie, which I was very surprised by. The lack of jokes from Mel Brooks was kind of kind of shocking. Yeah. But so we finally. Um, Rodney grows up, he moves to Robot City, which is like New York City or any other big town like that. And mm-hmm. he he finally he goes to meet Big Wild and he gets told, No, everything has changed. The doors are not all happy and shiny like they used to be. Now it's run by this mean guy, Phineas T. Ratchet. And they're going to stop making spare parts. They're only gonna sell upgrades for robots. And Yes. And that's, that's all fine and dandy. It's still a fun story. But then we find out that the robots who can't afford upgrades get sent to the chop shop. And the movie Which turns very soil and green. literally a slaughterhouse. The movie it's literally a slaughterhouse. It literally becomes soil and green. Yes. Like, they start... They literally say they are shredded and melted down by the owner of the chop shop, Madame Gasket. Who turns out... And then one of the characters makes, like, a slice-their-throat motion. Yeah. And, um, Madame Gasket, of course, is Ratchet's mother, and it's all a big plot between the, the, uh, the underground chop shop and Big Weld Industries, and it's all a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But, um, Rodney doesn't have a place to stay. He ends up living with these kind of, not refugees, but, what would you call it? Impoverished, outmoded. It impoverished, um, it, it definitely was a, allegory for homeless people in a lot of ways yeah because they lived in a um they lived essentially in a homeless shelter for parts of the movie and uh they're all called what's known as outmoded meaning basically they they're no longer relevant they no longer make parts for them they're no longer uh they're no longer wanted in society and this this boarding house is owned by the wonderful aunt fanny oh my god the one character I actually really remember about this movie, who is yeah. just a robot with a very large behind. Insanely, yes. insanely large behind, and it's the, honestly it's probably the biggest running joke of the entire movie. With, it's a strange choice for well, 
I guess this was the only joke in the movie that was very much aimed towards children, and and, and the fart stuff that came very quickly came after from this. That, yes. Yes. But other than this, this is this is really the only joke that's pointed towards children, and it's kind of out of place in my opinion with the rest of the movie. But even with Aunt Fanny, they still make some more adult humor. Well, yeah, but would you consider this adult humor? This is like I think a kid finds a big behind very funny. You know what I mean? It, or well, well, no, I mean like um, there's a line later on in the film because it's it's a recurring gag that Aunt Fanny is uh, very attracted to Big Weld. Yes, and, and Big Weld actually meets Aunt Fanny and goes on this whole tangent of like, well, I'm a big robot, so I see a woman with a large behind and just like that was much more than I expected to get out of this character. I guess that's true. Like also, that... it's just the fact that there is a lot of relationship things and innuendo strewn through this movie, and this is just another example of it. The the one the one joke that I truly found hilarious about Aunt Fanny is when she's about to run over Rodney as she's backing up, and they actually do like the the backing up noise of a truck because <laughs> it's funny because she is yeah. a machine, and I'm like, like it's it's stupid. But I, it was hilarious at the same time because I'm like, I get it because she's big and backing up like a commercial yeah. truck, and she's a yeah. robot. I get it. Like, not still childish, but at least it was more clever than look. She's got a big behind. I mean, you can have childish humor that's still funny. It's it's where it gets into the childish and crude that it becomes a little. Um, Mind melting. I don't really find fart humor that funny, and that's kind of that. That's where those things meet. Fart humor is crude and funny at the same time, or presumably funny. But if you you can have crude and not crude funny jokes in the same movie as this movie shows, and it's very a strange mix. So to continue, let's just kind of like sum up the plot and then just talk about all the random zaniness of this movie. Sure. Uh, to continue summing up the plot, um, they're no longer selling spare parts. Rodney, um, Rodney offers to fix a lot of the worn down robots. He ends up crashing this big, big weld ball. And Cappy, who's one of the, I guess, executives, employees, she's something at Big World. I think, I think she's on the board, I think she's on the board of directors. I think that's what it was implied. Yeah. Some higher up at Big World Industries sees Rodney and helps him because she doesn't agree with Ratchet's ideas of, you know, chopping all these robots. And she goes with the old idea that uh, you can shine no matter what you're made of. Mm -hmm. And then they go to find Big Weld, and Big Weld's given up on life. But then Rodney convinces him to not give up on life, and then they all fight Madame Gasket. I think I'm doing the quick summary here because this movie does not deserve the the full... uh, this does not deserve the full version summary. So they go and they fight Madame Gasket, and of course they they defeat Madame Gasket eventually. And actually, it's Wonderbot who's Rodney's little invention, who I found to be adorable, truly. Oh, uh, we need to talk about Wonderbot a little later because I have some I have some questions about Wonderbot for you. I uh, okay. So Wonderbot destroys Madame Gasket. Um, Big Weld in a light, takes... and they have a lightsaber duel. Do they... oh Wait, yes, they it... do. You're right. I forgot they literally do like the uh, the duel from Cloud City and Empire Strikes Back. Yes, and they have this. They have and the pipes hit each other, which is an homage to how they made the original lightsaber sound in the first place. Yes, 
So, Big Well takes back over his company. He goes to the small town to see Rodney's parents, who Rodney's dad had, you know, almost gone to the chop shop, of course, because then we needed some added drama. And Big Well proclaims that Rodney isn't going to be a successor. And Rod- they have a big musical number to end the thing. And it's a, it's a happy ending. So, what the heck did we just watch? So, I think it's important to note that the plot here, there's nothing special about this plot. It's just, there are some themes in this plot that are very interesting and um, a little mature for a children's movie like this. But um, there's not, the plot itself is just the classic, there's a guy, there's a kid, down on his luck, he has a, he's, he's like really smart. And he wants to sell his idea to a big company. The big company refuses. He has some kind of revelation or finds some mentor and he gets into the company and he beats the evil CEO. It's not a very complex plot, but it has some strange heart at places and some strange humor that sometimes lands very well. But I think the thing that this movie really excels at is the world building. Just the design of the all of Robot City was, quite frankly, pretty impressive. For a movie from 2005. Yeah. Uh, I will point out the only... The only uh, award this movie won... It won Best Song. I believe it. No, no, no. But Oh, you don't believe this yet. I don't even know if the song is in this version of the movie. Because it won Best Song at the MTV Mexico Movie Awards. Okay, never mind. I don't believe it. I don't know what happened. But, I mean, this movie is strangely musical. It has a lot of... It's not a Disney musical, but there are a lot of songs characters sing. The ones And there's a lot of pop songs that play in the background, but there is that song that... um I think Shine was made for this movie. Is that correct? There's a song called Shine. Yes. Yeah. And there's also a parody of Dancing in the Rain that Robin Williams I'm sings at a point. Singing in the oil... I'm singing in the oil. That was that was quite nice. Yes, and he's actually jumping through a fountain and kind of ruining it. Yes. Uh, yeah, this movie, this movie was strangely musical, though, and I never felt... With a lot of other movies that attempted this, like Shrek and movies of that nature, I always felt the music was slightly not fitting. But this movie, I never felt that way. But I think that might be because this whole movie is jarring in general. So it never mm. felt different than all the other jarring elements that were coming at me. Yeah, this movie is so generic, but the themes that it shows are genuinely interesting. Yes. But it's a very generic movie. It is. Um, I think when you talk about Robin Williams, though... Of like, course. I, I always want to talk about Robin Williams. Yeah. And I don't get enough chances to talk about Robin Williams. Robin Williams is in this movie, and he honestly had some really funny lines. He is the standout. He is... the standout in this movie, and he was, from what I can tell just from watching this movie, it seems like they just told him, hey, just do the genie again. Exactly. But be a robot. Exactly. He's literally, if the genie was a robot, that's his kind of humor. Yeah. You meet him, and he's taking pictures of the main character, and he's like, show me your good side. Show me your good side. And he's, like, doing all these weird angles, and I was, I... I was feeling that whole scene. It was very, it was very funny. But what made that so much better and even more Robin Williams is at the end, uh, our main character is like, I don't want any pictures. He's like, you don't? Oh, good. There wasn't film in there anyway. And he just throws it away. It felt so GD-like when he just throws the camera away and it just disappears into the ether. 
just everything about the character. I think my favorite line, though, from Robin Williams in the whole movie, uh, he goes, my name's Fender. It used to be Bumper, but I changed it when I uh, came into the country. Yeah, yeah. What is... Just just stuff like that that is so funny. But it's not a thing a kid would... I don't think, it, I don't think a lot of children will get that joke. No, because the joke is basically a lot of people who had Jewish-sounding names would change their name when they came into the country of fear of persecution. Yeah. It, kids aren't going to get that. Yeah, some kids might get it's a, it's a joke about car parts, but that's not the actual joke. <laughs> no, the, yeah, it's not at all, but... It was just such a good line. It's such a throwaway. The, most of the best lines of this movie are just throwaway lines yeah. that are just sprung in there by Robin Williams. I think it's also interesting to, to note that there's none of these jokes are given time to breathe. Whenever there's a joke, the movie acts like no joke has actually been told. It just keeps going. It's kind of a weird pace that way. The whole movie's weird. It is. Even as a child, I understood that there was a lot of things that were very adult going on in the opening scene of this movie. Yes. Uh, to, to summarize, the opening scene of this movie, it, it starts very stereotypical opening of this guy being like, I'm going to be a father, Um, my baby's going to be delivered today. And he gets Any minute home. now. Well, any minute now. And he gets home, and the wife's like, oh, you just missed the delivery, and we see a delivery truck driving off. And she just picks up a box and it's like, now the best part is putting the baby, is making Make, the baby. Yeah, it's like making the baby's the most fun. And even as a child, I was like, there's a joke there. And also, did you notice that the music at that point is very... Yes, it's very, yeah. it's very R&B, very like stereotypical love Where music. It, yeah, romantic love music. Um, and it fades to black, and then it immediately fades to them actually making a robot together. Literally like, assembling a robot. Oh, but you think we're done with the innuendo? Oh, no, contraire. Not, not even in this scene. There's not like even five in this more scene. in this scene. Then we get my personal favorites of this scene. Um, we get the 12 hours of labor, but it was all worth it. Because get yes. it, physical labor, not birthing yep. labor. Yep. And then, oh, they always include a spare part in the box. We, we did want a son, right? Oh my god. That I, that one did not go over anyone's head. Even a six-year-old, that did not go over their head. No, and they didn't pretend to. And that... Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're walking at eggshells this entire podcast. It's so strange. There's so much innuendo in this movie. But no, then we get the really creepy line about, Oh, he has your mother mother's eyes and my father's nose. I'm so glad we kept those parts. Yeah, that was really, really creepy. As a kid, that just went, like, nyom. But now I'm like, what do they do with the dead robots? Well, we saw that later in the movie. We see they they turn them into they They melt them down know, into scrap. I know, But that's one thing. That's like, you know, I'm all for composting human body. Like, I am all for composting instead of cremation, you know, help the environment. It sounds like literally after the funeral, they pluck the eyes out and then ship the rest of the body off. I mean, there's a chance, okay, because there's the idea of hand-me-downs. Maybe they're hand-me-downs from the grandparents. Uh, that's possible. But your eyes but, never grow. Like, if we're talking yes. human bodies, eyes never actually grow. Your eyeballs stay the same size. Yeah. I I understand that. Also, maybe we don't want to, um... <laughs> we maybe not wanna, don't want to talk about the comparison between these robots and humans, because... At first, it's just like there's a lot of similarities, but there's actually some notable differences between their lifestyle and ours 
and it actually is kind of thought out more than say something like the cars movie where it's just everyone's cars how who cares did you and see this, the cars honest trailer I'm sure I have. I saw it. Is it like for the original one? No, no, it, it, they did one and two. It just came out. Oh, then no, I've not seen it. it they spend two minutes basically going down this rabbit hole, just getting more and more <laughs> confused of what happened to the humans. Da 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 da. What kind of car was Jesus? What kind of car was Hitler? And just down it, this rabbit hole. It makes no sense. It make cars makes no sense from a scientific or construction standpoint. Who makes the cars? What what is it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. We can't go into it in this movie. But what I'm saying is Robots has a more sound base in its own reality. You know what I mean? It makes sense. Yeah, their how reality makes sense. It makes – or maybe not the beginning of it, but this this state of it makes sense. They're building robots and they're making them, which is why I want to get into Wonderbot because he's the only one that doesn't make sense in this entire movie. Yes. Because – it's kind of glossed over, but Rodney made a living being. It is, it is, it is toolbox essentially. Oh crap! You're right. He made no one else makes a living being besides Rodney. It's implied that the baby kits can do that, but he just made one out of random parts. How did that happen? Um. How? Well, think about it. Someone had to create the first like baby kits, right? Yes. And think about it, and his is not capable of, like, full speech like most robots are. No. So, is what I'm hearing... definitely intelligent. Yes, so, is is Wonderbot, like, a failed attempt at creating life? Is that what Rodney was trying to do? Was he trying to make a, make a baby? Because he essentially is a father to Wonderbot. It's not talked about, but that's definitely the the dynamic they have. They're not like sidekick. Wonderbot is definitely below Rodney in whatever relationship they have. Yes. Which is strange for a, an anime movie like this. Usually it's a partner relationship. But Wonderbot was to me the Olaf of this movie or something like that. He was he was the fun, goofy sidekick who gets a oh. little spin-off short film. Oh, he definitely was, but I'm saying even Olaf, it he was below them because he just didn't really care about the main plot. But at Wonderbot, he was made by Rodney, he was raised by Rodney, and he just he existed for most of Rodney's life because Rodney made him when he was a teenager. And now Rodney, I'm assuming during the movie, Rodney's an adult. It's implied that he's an adult during the Robot City stuff. So Wonderbot's been around for years, but he's never gotten any older age parts. He's the same size. Rodney hasn't bothered to age up his Wonderbot. I want, why is that? I, and no one questions Wonderbot's existence either. He's a doodad. Yes, but he's alive. He's alive. And he's not a cat or a dog. He is, he makes intelligent decisions based on things he's shown. Because there's other robots we meet that can't talk, but they're definitely robots. They're definitely alive. They just don't have a voice box or something. Right. But this one, it just, it's a robot and no one questions it. He made life. He shows it. He, when he, when he shows his invention to Big Weld, I'm like, Big Weld, he just made life. Like, it's not that big a thing. He did some, he did in his, it's like the Iron Man movie where, where Tony Stark makes a big robot in a cave. That's what Rodney essentially did. And it's kind of impressive. He made life in his, in his bedroom tool, in his bedroom workshop. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, 
this is what I meant about this movie. There's a lot of weird things that don't quite make sense, but overall, it makes sense. Just this is this is strange. Wonderbot is strange to me. Wonderbot is a strange duck. Yes. So so besides Wonderbot and Robin Williams, who are both, I I cannot get over. Like I I think I like this movie more because Robin Williams is in it, just because I miss Robin Williams. I'd I'd agree with that. I definitely got. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And just, and just feeling like I had another Robin Williams moment just just made a lot. It just it was a good feeling. It was. But the thing is, you it's not like this movie came out when you and McGregor was like a nobody. This no. movie came out the same year as Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, this was you and McGregor was a big name actor at this point. For those and who, the one or two people who don't know, you and McGregor. Um, in this time period, he was Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars prequel movies. Yes. So he was a big, big name at the time. Like, this is not like, oh, he was in the Pillow Book and Moulin Rouge. And, I mean, even no. Moulin Rouge was big, but kids wouldn't know it. But kids would know Star Wars. Yeah, like, he was the second main character in a billion-dollar franchise. They probably... Multi-billion-dollar franchise. And... He's in this weird animated movie along with Robin Williams, like you said, Mel Brooks, Amanda Bynes, there, who was actually somewhat relevant at the time, which I think is why she's in there. I think Amanda Bynes was thrown in because all these other actors, I'm not sure if kids would know their names off the top of their heads. I don't know if a kid would recognize they would know who Ewan McGregor was because they would know who Obi-Wan was, but I don't know if they'd recognize his voice in this part. No, even I but, was like, is that actually Ewan? Yeah, like, it took you, me you a guys, second. But, it was interesting, but I think anybody would recognize Amanda Bynes instantly. Even I did, even though I haven't see, watched anything with her in years, even a, maybe decade, even a decade or so. Because this was right around, not, this is around what I like about you time, Amanda Bynes. This was like teen drama, Amanda Bynes, or teen this rom-com. Was peak, this was peak Amanda Bynes. <sighs> Amanda Show is peak Amanda Bynes. Oh, is this after, was that after Amanda Show? Amanda Show is 2001, 2002-ish. This was, oh, was 2005. That show only lasted a year? Um, maybe two seasons? Wow, that's kind of strange considering how much I know about that show. And I know, right? Anyways, we're getting off topic again. Not that far off topic. We're not... Well, this isn't Mike Tyson, though, Justin. We can't just go and talk about anything well, no, we want. but we're talking about, like, the positioning of this film, which I think my highlight of, of enjoying this was when my DVD started, and I got to watch that beautiful 2005 Piracy is Stealing promo. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you get to experience that as well? Uh, yeah. There was definitely that one, in the way I watched it as well. You wouldn't steal a DVD. You wouldn't steal a cell phone. Downloading movies illegally is stealing. Just, it's just funny looking at that. 12 years in the future, I'm, I'm not advocating piracy, but what I'm saying is, if someone on the street told me they watched a movie in a way that wasn't l- l- technically legal, I wouldn't bat an eye today. Exactly. I, cause I, mean, I think, I think we've all realized at this point, um, no, like, it didn't ruin the film industry? It didn't, because here's the thing. I'm, for example, if, if, if a person really wants to see a movie, they will pay to see it. They will pay to see it. But if your movie's not that great or not that exciting, they're just gonna watch it later somehow. And whether that's by someone, by borrowing a DVD of someone who did want to see it or pirating it, how is that really different? You know what I mean? Because yeah. if I really don't want to see a movie, I'm just going to go find someone who has the DVD if there's no piracy and just watch it that way and not pay money for it. Again, but, we're not we're not advocating piracy. We're just 
enjoying 2005 era anti-piracy ads yes. and how we don't get that anymore. This is commentary on the current state of piracy, not advocating either way right now. On the, I'm not advocating for it, definitely. But um, yeah, this this was this was there was a couple other things in this movie that were very 2005, but such yeah, as, the piracy, hmm? such as um, just the general. Well, we're gonna get into it, but the way that that gender is portrayed, which I wanted to talk to you about maybe a little later. I don't know if now's the time yet, but. A lot of the gender portrayal stuff was pretty 2005-ish. Um, I mean, all the actors, all the big-name actors at the time. The were music. Very, the music. Oh, yeah. There were so many times the music was – like during the party scene, didn't they literally play Everybody Dance now? I think. Yeah, they – and yeah, they played Everybody Dance now, and Wonderbot was doing like um, – I forget the type of dance where you like spin around on the ground. What's it called? Breakdancing. Breakdancing. Break I don't know. Wow, I'm I am such a nerd. I didn't even know the word breakdancing for a second there. Um, and then the, the music is definitely the biggest part. There's a lot of musical song, musical moments with pop songs that I recognize from my childhood. The, wait, this song was actually in the. There were some songs in here that I'm like, these are not kids' songs. No, there's a lot like that. I mean, even the ending song is what it, I I don't remember what the ending song was. I just remember Get up I was, off I, of that I, thing. Yeah, yes, yes, that was it, that was it. At least that's I, a classic. It's a classic, but it's not exactly a kid's song. Yeah, but compare that to Chingy's right there. <sighs> this movie is so weird. Who was this made right for? Can we talk about that really quick? Who was this movie made for, Justin? Us. Us, you and you me. You and me specifically, 12 years later. Because I can't see any kids going to this movie and being like, that was the best movie I've ever seen. They'd be like... Again, okay. I bought this on DVD. I probably got it as a gift on, on DVD after it came out. I think but, I think I saw it in theaters, and I forgot I owned it. But it's I, okay. No offense, but I don't think Child Justin is a normal kid. No, Sorry. Child Justin was not a normal kid. Yeah, like a normal kid goes to see the Pokemon movie. Yeah, I did see the Pokemon movie. I know, but I'm saying. There is usually not this talk about poverty in a children's movie, at least not in this way, because this wasn't this was actually kind of not I don't want to say nuanced, but it was there was more there than just one guy's evil. One guy's not. There was a heavy amount of time spent on poverty, which yes. I did not expect. Not. Yeah, it was not necessarily done well, but it was very much an emphasis. Also, can I ask if you understood the the bad guy's plan? I think his the, plan was to only offer his plan was to only offer the upgrades. But what did that do for him? Did that make him money? Because if everyone upgrades, then there's no one left to upgrade, and he doesn't have money. Well, no, seem- then he makes a new. Well, think about it this way: if everyone upgrades to an iPhone seven, you wait a year, and then everyone has to upgrade to the iPhone eight. But it seems like if these upgrades are actually good, they would last a long time. Oh, they will. Upgrade. They're not going to wear out. They're going. People are going to clamor for the next big thing. But this is like – that's like saying if my – that's like saying I will get the next – because, again, these are body parts, to be clear. This is like a Deus Ex – have you played the Deus Ex games, Justin? At all? You went over this happened. yesterday. I haven't. No, but if anyone has played Deus Ex games, it's about modifying humans with augmentations like um, having nanobots in your body to make you immune to disease and having robot arms and – modified eyes and and such to make you think smarter and hear better and see better and things like that and um 
this was kind of similar to that because that game goes into a lot of um, stuff about people being modified, but this is kind of post that where everyone's already modified. And I don't know how this really works. It seems it just seems strange. There's a couple there's a couple parts of this I don't understand about this plan because they already constructed all these upgrades, right? And they right. sent them out to all the stores. They they saw that when they went to the store. And nobody has bought it. There's not a single person we see in the movie who is actually wearing those upgrades besides the main antagonist. I well, think. and a lot of the executive board. No, the the main executive board is dressed up like Big Weld, which is similar to the upgrade style, but it's not quite that way. I thought I thought the girl was. I think the girl just happened to be was similar, but not the same because she wore she had like a vest and stuff. She had like a business. She had like a um a pantsuit. Okay. It was slightly different. It was slightly different. I agree with you that it looked similar, but it was not the same. But no one else in the movie wore it. So clearly this was a poor – no one was buying them. No one wanted them. They and, wanted new parts. Yeah. And, and again, if Rodney could fix everybody, why couldn't anyone else fix people? It just seems – it seems like there's a lot of holes in this plot that don't make sense to me. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a strange it's a strange plan that wasn't all that well thought through. Also, when they killed all the because they were gonna kill. Sorry, I don't know if we can say kill on we this podcast. Okay, because they were gonna kill all the 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 impoverished robots that couldn't afford the upgrades, and they were gonna melt down scrap and then made into new robots who would then not be able to afford the upgrades, and then they would be burnt down to scrap. Like it just seemed like it was pointless. Why were you going to just create a lower class to to just kill for no reason over and over again? I don't know. Why do we create a lower class to but, just kill no, over Justin, and over again? Dun, dun, dun. But, no, but Justin, that, there are political and economic reasons why this happens in real life that is very nuanced and confusing to a lot of people. In this world, it was literally someone just wanted to do it. Correct. It's a little different in this in this movie than in the real world. Yeah. This was a bit I mean, simplified. It's not even simplified. It's kind of, it's almost a parody in some in some ways of the real life version. Yeah. Oh man. So, I do want to mention real quick. Just we're talking about the music. Britney Spears hit me, baby, one more time is in yes. this movie, and that yes. to me is what cements this as a 2005 movie. That was the other. I knew there was one more song, and I forgot about it. And it even had like the stage lights come up behind. Because again, of course, this is a Robin Williams scene. He dances to "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time," and he punches people while while the "Hit Me" part is going. It's um, kind of crazy. I, I can't believe this. Apparently, this film was the first to feature the new trailer for Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. I mean, Ewan McGregor was in it, right? And Fox. Yeah. Do you think it, do you think our dejection about this movie is coming across in our voices, Justin? Cause I'm just, I very... don't know if I do have dejection about this movie. Cause I genuinely, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Can, can we talk about the actual like major stuff now? Cause I think we've been yes. kind of scrubbing around it. Yes. Get into it. Okay. Cause I'm going to talk about the gender stuff now. Do because it. It's, really, it's very interesting. We're it's, talking um, about gender. I want to start, I want to start this by reading an excerpt from Roger Ebert's um, review, but back because he reviewed this movie back in 2005, so he was still alive at this time, and he had a comment about um, uh, gender in this movie. But it, I don't think it went the full way to explaining what really is interesting about this world. 
he and this is where the quote begins reflect that in a robot society the genders are elements of design not function if you have a screwdriver and swappable attachment you can come out of the closet as whatever you feel like and that's the end of that quote but that's one that's a pretty poignant thing to say back in 2005 in that way but it also is not fully explored in this movie that idea it's touched on a couple times because i mean rodney has the upper body a torso of a woman at one point during one of his or a girl at one point during his school years and at another point robin williams character has the lower body of a woman with including a skirt skirt and cha-cha heels yes but in those and that's not really one and that's some of those portrayals could be problematic and we want i think we want to talk about that but what i want to talk about right now is the idea that if gender is a function of design why are there no – shouldn't there just be a lot of relationships that don't care about what gender the other person is? In the robots film? In the robots movie because gender obviously doesn't matter because they don't do it for – there's nothing involved with reproduction here. They just buy her baby. Correct. And then that also goes into why is there gender to begin with? Because they were designed by humans? Which is – it's po- that's possible. If you, but I don't think we want to go into that theory stuff right now. That, that goes into like theory crafting and stuff. Just the idea that if this is truly just constructing robots, I feel like gender has no purpose in this world. And most, if not all, I don't think there's anything in the background, but all the relationships are straight relationships. And there's no questioning of that in this world. There's no time when the main character even looks at another character that would be of quote unquote the same gender. And would be attracted to him. And that goes for any character in this movie, which I think is strange from a production. I, I don't think it's weird for a 2005 children's movie, but I think it's interesting that today I think that would be touched on in a movie. Yeah. I, I think had this movie come out now, it would have been a lot more nuanced. Yes, I agree. And the thing is, I think most of the gender stuff in this movie was played for laugh. Oh, he got a hand-me-down from his female cousin. Ah, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Robin Williams is in a skirt and cha-cha heels. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, they had to hammer on um attachments. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. But the concept there is quite interesting, even if they just played it for laughs. Yeah, the idea of that just being able to wake up one day and say, hey, I want to be a woman. It's just completely acceptable in that world, it seems like. Because there, there's a joke from Piper about her having a sister now, but she doesn't seem upset about it. She's just kind of saying it. You know what I mean? And no, she, was, so, she seemed genuinely excited until she saw that it still looked very much like Fender. Well, it, it was when she saw his messed up face that she was like, oh, no. He an ugly really, sister. Yeah. But it wasn't a joke about him being a woman. It was a joke about him being ugly in general. And right. and that was – I think – by the way, I think that was okay because he was clearly stated to be ugly when he was a man as well. And but I don't he's think – He's designed there's... to be – he's rusty. He's yeah. got like a lot of loose parts falling off, different sized eyes. Like he's designed to be very scrappy. So I don't think that was a jab at people cross-dressing or whatever. I don't no. think that was, which is – is something I think we could have could talk about at some point because we can talk about whether this is a bad portrayal of dressing in drag or um, transgender. And... I don't. I don't think this film had that on its mind. I think it more had the idea. I because I think we need to oh. break it in half. Yes. I think we need to do the Ron Williams thing and the Ewan McGregor thing separately. Okay. Do you want to, which one do you start with? 
Rodney's is easier, so with okay. the hand-me-downs, I think the joke there was just, you know, I, I think the joke there is more, we take what we get, and if the only clothing you can get is from your female cousin, well, yeah. too bad, that's all we can afford. So it almost, it didn't feel like a jab at transgender cross-dressing or anything, as much as it did a, a, a comment on poverty. Yeah, where you would wear, where there was a boy wearing a girl's blouse in school. Yeah, it's like, it's all we have. And in middle school and high school, you probably would get made fun of for that, as bad as it is. You'd get made fun of for that, and it made sense that he'd be embarrassed by it. And I'd agree, I don't think that specific instance in this movie was And the interesting thing is, we never saw anyone making fun of him as much as him being self-conscious about it. Yes, that's also another good point, actually. That's actually a really good point. I never, I never thought of that. No one actually comments on it being bad. We don't see any of his, anybody in the real world, in, in the world making fun of him, which is actually a good point. And I think that goes the same for Ben, uh, I keep calling him Bender, because no, I'm thinking Futurama. That's not Futurama. That is not yeah, yeah. Maggio. Uh, but Fender, it's, he's actually never made fun of for having a skirt at any point. I think There's never point. The only jokes that come from it are slapstick. Yes. Of, oh, he can't run in heels. Oh, he's a barbarian woman now. He has to pull up his skirt to run because he's not used to the really long skirt. Right. Like, the the only jokes that come from it are pure slapstick, not... It's made fun of that it's impractical more than anything. Yes. But then we get into, is it... Because this, this to me, seemed to be a very... By the time that we see him at the train station, he's, his appearance very much looked like, I think at the time, what was jokingly made as a transgender character in a movie. You know, and yeah. I think there's something there that could be talked about because it's never said in the movie, but his appearance definitely pays homage, whether good or bad, to those portrayals in other movies because you can't ever look at something like this in a vacuum. Right. I I think any other movie I would have written it off, but in this one of all movies, I'm like, you know, maybe they were trying to do something, because this movie did make a lot of... Innuendos? Yeah. And so maybe, but it's just so mile a minute that I, I, I don't, honestly don't... Just knowing the time period, I don't think they were trying to, but I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It, it It's an interesting conversation, though, to have. Especially because this is a movie from 2005, that it does touch on a couple of things that I wouldn't expect a 2005 movie to touch on. And it doesn't make fun of the things I think it would make fun of during those moments. So so one thing I found interesting is the director of this movie. Mm, I, I missed that. Who is the director? Uh, it's Chris Wedge. Okay. And he's not a bad director, honestly. Um, his, He's directed... He's Okay, before he directed anything... He was the principal animator on Tron. Okay, like the original Tron? Like 1982 Tron. Okay. Um, but he's produced a lot of stuff for Blue, uh, Blue Sky Films. But the four films he's actually directed are Ice Age, uh, the first one, Robots, Epic, and Monster Trucks. Is Epic the one from like a year or two ago? 2013. Okay. Wow, but yeah, it's, it's the one you're thinking of, though, of like the slugs and the people, yeah. and the, which it's a good movie. Like it's it's not a terrible movie. It's it's fun. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It has a 64 on Rotten Tomatoes, same as Robots. Ice Age has a 77, and it's like the only stinker in here is Monster Trucks. 
Yeah. It's, Did you have the misfortune of seeing that film? I have never seen it, but I saw reviews for it, and I saw trailers, and I knew from just watching them, like, this looks bad. To, to, quote, uh, to quote Black Nerd Comedy, good old Andre, apparently this movie was made because they wanted a, a, a childlike franchise version of Transformers. Oh, and then no. it just starts screaming, Transformers was a kid's franchise yeah. until look what you did to it! Yeah. Dude, we need to... Oh, I know what we need to... Oh, Justin, I figured it out. We need to cover the original, what was it, 1980s animated Transformers movie? That's the movie. I'm gonna cry. We, we, I don't know how cry. we haven't thought of this yet, Justin. We need cry. to cover that. I'm gonna cry. Every time I cry at that movie. I don't disagree, dude. That movie's like... That movie's a legitimately good movie. Why is it so it, dark? It's... It plays a, a happy. It plays like kind of a pop song while the Optimus Prime dies. What song did it play? The Touch. Oh yeah. It plays the Touch while we're having the most big battle between Megatron and Optimus Prime, and one of them dies at the end of it. Like not write them off and they come back die. They legitimately stay dead for the rest of the movie. This is um. Yeah, we we're, we we gotta do that soon. Yeah, I don't we know should, how we, we should do that. We should, that. we should try to time that for the new Transformers film. When is that coming out? I think it's coming out kind of soon. That's it's very soon. But to to, to finish our discussion about this movie because we've gone fifty minutes on I think robots. To to finish our discussion on this movie, I didn't know this this director existed, but I mean he's this is definitely I think the the forgotten movie of his filmography because I mean epic. Not everyone knows Epic, but Epic at least, I think, gets recalled better, partially because it's newer. Mm-hmm. Ice Age, you know, was nominated for an Oscar. Like, Ice Age is a good movie. Ice it, Age is a good movie, and you can definitely see the similarities in comedy between Ice Age and this movie. Oh, yeah. I think this is kind of a dark horse from an interesting director. Yeah. And I'm glad we went back and looked at this, because it's nothing like I remembered. Nothing. It, I, I remembered all the story beats, but I remembered nothing past that. I remembered Britney Spears, large behind robots, and that's about it. And I knew there was some mantra. I did not remember Cianide Philanide. All I could keep thinking was keep moving forward. Yes. And that's Meet the Robinsons. Yes, it is. Which is also another Dark Horse movie. Another movie from this time period about an yeah. inventor. <laughs> Which might have a, attributed to why I don't remember this movie as well, because there was a couple of movies that came out that had very similar plot structures to this one in terms of inventors and things like that. Because there was a phase in the early mid-2000s where technology was racing forward so fast that all the movies were about technology and about making new technology. And I'm sorry, but Meet the Robinsons is a better movie. No, no, I agree. I'm not saying it's not. Similarly slow and lack of action, but... But it's also a legitimately good time travel movie as well. Surprisingly, yes. It's 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 logic is is at the very least better than Samurai Jacks. <laughs> You're still salty about that, aren't you? Oh oh, Michelle and I we have a connection now about how bad we are about about Ashi not disappearing immediately. Let me tell you. Let me tell so, you. So before Andy rants to me so much about Samurai Jack, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I know this is a rather weird podcast, but we definitely wanted to highlight this strange little piece of animation history uh i think i think we both agree we wanted more mel brooks in this movie yeah he did, he did not have a single joke in the movie he was played straight as a character oh also one last thing i did not the one story beat i did not like was how fast big weld converted yeah to, it fell out of nowhere 
it, it did kind of seem rushed. That was the I agree. I would have believed it if Mel Brooks was a more funny character, but he never made a joke in the movie. Except except when he had been hit over the head a couple times and had a concussion. Yes. Anyways. So thank you guys so much for listening. You can find all the information on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you so much to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Victoria, a.k.a. Skylark. Yeah, okay, I, I did that. Right? I wasn't sure if I was off on my patrons and patron nicknames. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, and Alex. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.